parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I am so glad you're here. So after spending the past few episodes talking about younger kids and sleep, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about big kids for the next few episodes. This is something I get a lot of questions about, and I think sometimes it can feel like it's a whole different ballgame, meeting the needs, supporting the behaviors, connecting with our bigger kids than with our younger kids. And I want to talk about why it feels that way. Why does it feel different to connect with and support our bigger kids? Sometimes it feels harder. Why is that? So I want to dive into that today. I'm going to talk today about connecting with bigger kids. What does that look like? What parts are the same and what parts are different? And then next week, I want to talk explicitly about aggressive behaviors with bigger kids because I know with our bigger kids, it can feel a little more challenging when they're hitting or kicking or being aggressive. How do we support them in those moments? So that's next week. You're going to want to stay tuned for that for sure. And before we jump into this week's episode, I wanted to just remind you, I have an amazing free resource. If you are in a place with parenting where you feel like you're struggling, if you feel like you're constantly frustrated, you don't know how to get out of that vicious cycle of getting angry and yelling at your kids, and then your kids acting a little more defensive and not feeling connected with you, you not feeling connected with them, but you want to show up differently. I have an amazing free guide that is going to help you get started. It's called Six Mindset Shifts to Ditch the Overwhelm and Parent in a Way that Feels Good. And that's exactly what this guide is going to help you do. It's going to help you get your head in the right place to show up for your kids in a way that feels good for you and for them. I created this guide based on the mindset shifts that I had to make to get from a place of constant overwhelm and frustration to a place where parenting actually feels good. So you can download your copy totally free at raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. Okay, so let's talk about connecting with big kids. And by big kids, I don't really have a specific cutoff age in mind, but you know, I have an eight and a half year old and I do feel like I'm getting into big kid territory with him, right? Things feel a little different, certainly than with my two-year-old. And even with my now six-year-old, he just turned six, y'all. And I just, I cannot, it is going way too fast. Anyway, it even feels different than with my six-year-old. I'm noticing things like he's starting to be influenced more by his peers. He's less excited to be seen with me in public or to be fair to him, it's not necessarily being seen with me, but When I say excitedly wave at him from across the field on field day, he's less thrilled than he used to be. And of course, at the same time, he still needs us. He still needs co-regulation. He still needs us to see the good kid through the challenging moments. And I think those things are true for our kids, no matter how old they are. It's true for all of us, even as adults, right? So all of that to say that there's not really a cutoff age for when you have officially arrived into a bigger kid territory from little kid territory, right? It's more of a shift that happens over time. 
and you'll notice things like I'm talking about with my eight and a half year old. So if you feel like this applies to your child, if you feel like you're moving into that bigger kid, older kid territory, then you're moving into that bigger kid, older kid territory, and this applies to you. And certainly our teens and our preteens, I would classify as big kids. And if you're listening and you're like, yeah, no, I'm not there yet, that's totally fine too. You can always come back to this episode as it becomes more relevant to you. So as our kids grow and change, how do we stay connected to them? How do we feel connected to them? And how do we help them feel connected to and safe with us? I want to start with a mindset shift as always. And that mindset shift is that even though it can feel like our kids don't need us as much as they grow, as they get older, even our teenagers really do need us. It just looks a little bit different, but there are certain things that do not change. Your child, whether they are one or 18, need you to see the good kid through the challenging behaviors. They need you to hold on to that sense of their inherent goodness always, even when they make decisions that leave you going, what in the world were you thinking? They need you to see the good kid through the tough behaviors. They need you to hold on to that and give the most generous, kind interpretation of their intentions. They need you to hold space for their feelings. They need you to validate, but not fix. These things don't change. And you're going to hear me talk about these just like I do with our younger kids. And I'm going to help you think about how to apply them with our bigger kids. But first, I want to talk a little bit about why it feels different, maybe even harder to connect with our bigger kids. There are several reasons why that's true. The first one is that I think we tend to have an increasingly tough time seeing the good kid through the tough behavior as kids age. We give all the grace to babies and still some to toddlers. But as our kids get older, we sort of start to go, well, why can't you just get it together already? I mean, you're five, you're eight, you're 11, you're 18. So we start to see things less favorably. We don't tend to give the benefit of the doubt. And that makes kids feel like they are bad. If we see them through a lens, that is negative and unfavorable and doesn't assume that they're trying their best, they're going to start to believe that. And so we can start to get into a vicious cycle because we respond to them with frustration, with no patience, with no curiosity, with this like, why don't you just do the right thing kind of attitude? And then they start to feel like they're bad. And then they start to respond with defensiveness. They start to respond with protective mechanisms because they don't want to be rejected by us. They don't want us to say things that feel bad to them. So they're going to be more defensive. They're going to shut down. They're going to distance themselves. The more they do that, the less connected to them we feel. And so the cycle continues. Now, if you are in a cycle like that right now with your big kid, it is never too late to get it back to a place where it feels good. I truly believe that as long as repair is an option, meaning as long as everyone has the chance to come together and talk through this and really try to move forward in a different way, it is never too late, okay? You can always shift how you're showing up. And remember that families exist in a system, just like with our partners. You may have heard before that if one partner changes, then the whole relationship will change. And that's true in a family as well. So if you start showing up differently, your child is gonna respond to that different way of being and things will shift for the better. So it doesn't require your child to be on board. If things have gotten to a really bad place, you don't have to sit down with your child and say, okay, I need you to change. In fact, that's probably gonna make things even worse. You can start to shift how you're showing up. So I just want you to hear that. It's never too late. 
So that's the first reason that I think it can feel harder sometimes to connect with our big kids. Now, another reason things can feel challenging with our big kids is that if we've been doing parenting in a more traditional way for a while, and we're changing things now, we're trying to show up differently, we're trying to implement some gentle, respectful, conscious parenting approaches, it can take some time for our big kids to trust this new approach and adjust. We might even need to be explicit about the shift. We might need to address it with our child to sit down and say, you know, we were punishing you. And we realized that doesn't actually help you. That doesn't help you learn anything. It just makes you feel bad about yourself. It makes you feel disconnected from us. And that is not what we want. So we're going to change things up. We're not going to punish you. We're not going to take away your iPad anymore. We are going to do things differently. And we want you to feel safe to come to us and tell us how you're feeling about that. And we're really sorry that we did things that other way. We didn't know any better. And now we do. So we're changing things you would be surprised how far that can go, even if you've been doing things the same way for literally a decade or more. But you've got to give your child time and space to adjust. And you've got to know that sometimes the behaviors that are defensive and protective are still going to come out. It's going to take them some time to really trust this new approach. Another reason that things can feel challenging when we're trying to connect with our bigger kids is that their needs are changing, right? They still need us to see them as good. They still need us to validate and hold space for their emotions, but there are some things that are changing. So especially as kids move into the preteen and teen years, they are very developmentally appropriately beginning to experiment with getting their attachment needs met through peer relationships rather than the parent-child relationship for the first time ever. So they might very appropriately be spending a lot more time with their friends. They might need different things from their friends and need more from their friends and need things in a different way from you. So rather than coming to you to feel that delight and that connection, they're going to start to get some more of that from their friends, but it doesn't mean they don't need it from you. And it's just important to understand what's going on because if you think that your child is rejecting you to go spend time with their friends or go spend time with their boyfriend, you're going to feel rejected and you're going to distance yourself. You have to see that as developmentally appropriate so that you can still be available to your child because they do still need you. So that is a really important thing to remember. And then the last reason that it can feel challenging to connect with our bigger kids is that we don't know how. With our little kids, we pick them up, we help them with things. We're just more needed in an obvious way. Whereas with our bigger kids, we are just as needed, but in different ways. So those are just a few of the reasons it might feel more challenging to connect with your older child, but it is not actually more challenging. And I want you to hear that. You can absolutely have a wonderful, fulfilling relationship with your older child, as long as you respect their development, and the fact that yes, they are becoming more independent and yes, they are needing you in less obvious ways and they are going to need space from you sometimes and that's okay. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the parent-child relationship. So now that we've acknowledged and held space for the fact that yeah, it can feel more challenging to connect with our older kids and it can be challenging for us to process our own grief about the fact that they are constantly moving away from us. That's very developmentally appropriate, but parenthood is full of these little tiny losses. The last time they sit on your lap, the last time they want to be carried, it's enough to bring any parent to tears. And I want you to feel that. I want you to cry those tears. I want you to acknowledge to yourself that this is painful. It is bittersweet watching kids grow up. And I don't think we talk about that enough in parenthood. 
So I just want to explicitly say that. And I think that if we don't process that, we can actually let that come out towards our kids as they grow. And we don't want to do that because we never, ever, ever want to make our kids feel bad for their development. We want them to soar and we can't support them and allow space for them to do that if we don't process our own grief about them growing up. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I don't think we can have an episode about connecting with big kids if I don't acknowledge that. So now that we have acknowledged that, let's talk about how to connect with our bigger kids. Okay. So first of all, if you feel like you're in a place where you are seeing only the tough behaviors, if you are seeing your child as not trying hard enough, as lazy, as aggressive, as always having an attitude, can you actively shift back into a place where you see your child as inherently good and as a good kid having a hard time when they are struggling? Can you hold on to the idea that there's a reason your child is behaving this way? The attitude, the sarcasm, when they start to call you bra instead of mom, which by the way, we are there already with my eight and a half year old and I did not think it would happen this fast. I don't know about you, but oh my goodness, but it all has meaning. Even if it also feels disrespectful, even if it also feels really annoying, it all has meaning and it is not that you don't matter to them. That's not the meaning. So can you get curious? Can you remember the good kid underneath all that other stuff? Because it is really easy to get stuck in this place of, but you know better. What are you doing? You're just trying to make my life challenging. But that's not true. That is not ever the case. Our kids are never just trying to mess with us. And I think with our bigger kids, it can really feel like that sometimes, even more than with our younger kids. Like literally just today, my eight and a half year old and my six year old were outside playing and they soaked each other with the hoses fine, whatever. It's 87 degrees, rock on. But then they didn't turn the hoses off. They left the water just running through the yard. They left their two-year-old sister outside. She'd been outside playing with them. And they came into the house on the hardwood floors completely soaked and dripping. And I was like, oh my goodness, are you serious right now? But I stopped. I took some deep breaths. I regulated myself. And then I said, what is going on? And my eight and a half year old said, I'm sorry, mommy. And then he went upstairs, put his clothes where they're supposed to go in the laundry room, got dressed, gave me a hug and said, I'm just feeling really anxious about going back to school. So they've been tracked out there year round. They've been tracked out for four weeks and he has to go back on Monday and he is feeling stressed by that. And he verbalized that. He said, I just, I'm really having a hard time with it. I'm really going to miss you. And I don't know. I just got kind of caught up in getting soaked by the hose. It made me forget about how I was feeling. And then I just came in and didn't really think it through. So there you go. Good kid who was struggling to make a good decision in that moment because he was feeling some anxiety. And I would have never known that if I had just lashed out with a punishment. If I had just said, okay, no screen time today. That was really a bad choice, right? If I had focused on that instead of getting curious and saying, what's going on in a way that made him feel safe to share. And of course, I want to remind you that I don't do that perfectly. I don't always do that. But today I was able to regulate myself and to get to that place of curiosity. So if you feel like you're not accessing that curiosity or not enough, try really hard to get yourself back in the right headspace so that you can see the good kid through the tough behavior. And if you are struggling with that, this is a great time to use those mindset shifts that I was talking about. If you haven't downloaded your copy, go download it today, raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. If you have downloaded it, pull it out again, read through it, and try really hard to apply these ideas to your big kid. Because I think a lot of times we look at these things and we think about our younger kids, but these mindset shifts apply just as much to our big kids. 
So if you are struggling to see the good kid through the tough behavior, that is the place that I would recommend that you start. Okay, so the next idea that I have about how we can connect with our big kids is to focus on really seeing your child, not who they used to be, not who you want them to be, but who are they? What do they like to do? Who are their friends? What activities are they interested in? What shows do they like to watch? What games do they like to play? How do they like to dress? And are we allowing space for them to just be who they are? Or are we always judging, giving unsolicited advice, prescribing how they do things? That's easy to do, right? Especially if you did that when your child was younger. Here's an example. Maybe we are still trying to tell our child how to dress, but they're old enough to have their own opinions about things. Maybe we're telling them, you need to wear a jacket. It's cold outside. Can you instead tell them to go outside If they're warm enough in what they're wearing, let it go. Unless it's literally unsafe if you live in like Northern Canada, and I know some of you do. But outside of that, I'm in North Carolina, so I do not ever force my kids to wear a jacket. I tell them, go outside in what you're wearing. We're going to walk a mile and a half, so I hope you're comfortable. But it's your choice. Another example of how this might play out. If they've got a friend that you don't love, get curious about what they like about that person. If you have legitimate safety concerns, ask if you can share those concerns instead of criticizing or forbidding them to hang out with that person, unless it's literally so unsafe that you can't. But let's just say that you just don't get a good vibe from this friend. Can you get curious about what your child sees in this relationship? How do they feel when they're with this person? Can you allow space to explore that together versus just saying, I don't like this person. You can't see them anymore. It can be really easy to judge how our child is showing up, to give them messages explicitly or implicitly that they're not good enough, that they're not enough for us, that what they're doing isn't okay, that who they are isn't okay. And we can do this in many different ways. When they come home with a grade that is lower than what you would hope for them on a test and you say, what happened? Didn't you even study? Or when they come downstairs wearing something you don't like and you say, oh God, that outfit again, seriously? Or when they make a choice that you don't agree with, it's easy to go, what were you thinking? What's wrong with you? And we do this more to our older kids than we do to our younger kids. But these comments really hurt our relationship with our child. But more importantly, they hurt our child's sense of themselves. We do not want to become that negative critical voice in our child's head. Kids need to rest in our love and our unconditional acceptance of who they are. That is so important. I'm going to say it again. Kids need to rest in our unconditional love and acceptance of who they are. They need to not have to work hard for our love and acceptance. They need to not have to work hard to please us. We need to delight in who they are all the time, whether they are one or 18 or somewhere in between. And so if you're hearing this and you're recognizing some of yourself in this, again, it is never too late to shift how you're showing up. But it is so important that we accept our kids fully for who they are and how they are showing up. Now, if they're showing up in ways that are harmful to themselves or others, that are unsafe, then of course we need to intervene. But if we're talking about fashion choices, choices of friends, not doing as well on tests as we would hope, not trying as hard at soccer practice as we would hope, if they're dating somebody we don't like, we need to be loving and accepting of who our child is fully all the time. They should not have to work for that acceptance and that love. So that brings me to my next point about connecting with big kids, which is to get curious about what they love and join them in celebrating that. 
So I've talked a lot on this podcast about praise. I actually have a whole episode on praising kids in a way that builds real self-confidence. So definitely go back. I think it's episode number 10. It's a very early episode. Go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. But one of the key ideas about praising our kids is that when we praise our kids, we want to affirm their experience as opposed to imposing our experience on them. So for example, that might sound like instead of saying, good job, you say, you did it, right? We talk about this with little kids all the time. Good job doesn't make you a bad parent or anything like that. But when we say good job, we are giving them our assessment. You did good based on how I see things. When we say you did it, we are affirming their healthy striving. So with our big kids, that might look like just getting curious about what they love. Do they love a video game? My eight and a half year old loves playing Minecraft. So I will sit with him and I'll have him show me the characters. Tell me what he's doing. Tell me about the world that he's in. Is it the most interesting thing in the world to me? Not necessarily, but it becomes interesting because he lights up when he talks about it. Or maybe you go to your child's soccer game and instead of saying to them, oh my gosh, you played so well afterward, which is your assessment, ask your child, did you have fun? What was it like? How did you feel like you did? What was the game like for you, right? Get curious. They might feel like they played horribly and then you can just hold space for that. Yeah, tell me more about that. What do you wish you did differently, right? That's the vibe we want to bring. We want to bring this energy of supporting them and meeting them where they're at with our curiosity, our delight, and our genuine interest in what they're doing. What they're doing might feel so boring to you, but you will find a newfound interest if you really listen, if you really sit down and watch. Have them tell you about it. They will want to tell you about what they're interested in. I read an article recently that was a beautiful example of embracing what's important to our kids, even if we don't quite get it. And in this article, this mom was talking about how her preteen son suddenly found it very, very important to not crease his sneakers so that he could fit in. And I know sometimes as parents, we can want to say, that's so silly. That's just a trend. I don't know why you care so much what people think. Can't you just be you and be proud of that? Well, yeah, of course, that's where we want our kids to end up. But we were all middle schoolers once, and we know how important it can feel to fit in. So can we affirm that? Forcing our kids to stand out just because we think a trend is silly is not supportive. It's not connecting. It's not helpful. So what this mom did instead was to listen. She listened to her son tell her why it felt so important to not crease his sneakers. And she said, you know what? Let me look into this. She crowdsourced. She went on Facebook and she asked her friends, have y'all dealt with this? Tell me about this. And so somebody shared that apparently you can go on Amazon and buy crease guards for not that expensive, which again, if you have a bigger kid, you might already know this, but this was news to me. She bought these crease guards for her child from Amazon and she said they work like a charm. And now he can have his shoes and have them be perfectly not creased and he can fit in. And that felt really important to him. And because it was important to him, it became important to her. So that's a beautiful example of being curious about your child's world. Can you join them there? The next thought I have about connecting with big kids is that we want to create one-on-one special time with them, just like we do with our younger kids, but where they get to dictate what you do together, right? Within reason, within your budget. But what do they want to do with you? Maybe they want to go to a movie. Maybe they want to go for a walk with you. Maybe they want to go jump at the trampoline park. What does that look like? So can you, again, join their world when you do special one-on-one time with them? Can you do something that they are going to enjoy? 
That's so important. And I know it seems so simple, but I think it's something we sometimes overlook. Maybe we plan this whole special day and it's what we think they want to do, but we didn't ask them. It's such a simple thing, but get your child's input in how you spend time together and make sure that you do spend that one-on-one time together. That is so important. And then another thought that might also seem obvious, but be thoughtful. Are you getting yourself a snack? Offer to bring some over for your child. Bring home their favorite treat just because. Offer to host their friend for a hangout. Say yes when you might have otherwise said no, right? If it's something that you're saying no to just because ugh, it's kind of annoying or it's not fun, can you say yes this one time, right? Those kinds of things go such a long way with our bigger kids. Again, it's another way of seeing them. I see you. I know you love Doritos. So even though I don't necessarily buy them, keep them in the house all the time, I'm going to bring some home for you because I know that you love them. The next idea I have about connecting with our big kids is to give them space when they need it. Our big kids will need space a lot more than our younger kids who might have felt like they were glued to us. But this isn't a rejection of you. Again, it's very developmentally appropriate. So be available, but don't pry when your child is not ready to talk. If your child asks explicitly for space, absolutely give them that space. And then when they do come to you wanting to talk, listen, validate, ask questions, but please do not give unsolicited advice. Just like with our younger kids, our big kids don't need us to fix their problems or their feelings. They need us to hold space. Let them know that you are always there for them, no matter what, and do this through your words and your actions. Respect their room. Knock first if you're going in. If the room needs cleaning, there's a big difference between you barging in and demanding they clean it at once and you asking after knocking, how's it feeling in here to you? You want some help getting your space tidied up? Or I'm noticing lots of clothes on the floor. When you're done playing switch, would you mind picking them up? Model respect with your child and you will get respect back. And my last thought when it comes to connecting with our big kids is this. Can you solicit their feedback? on how it feels to be in the relationship with you. This is something I advocate doing with kids of all ages, but I think it's just as important and maybe even more so as our kids get older. Ask them, is there anything I could be doing differently to support you? Is there anything you want me to know about what it feels like to be in relationship with me? Is there any way that I could better support you or meet your needs? And again, don't force that conversation. Have that conversation when your child is already talking with you, already connecting with you. Just throw it out there and just say, hey, is there anything that you would like for me to do differently? And from there, follow their lead. If they start to open up and share, awesome. You can be curious and ask questions and hold space. Please don't get defensive. Just listen with an open mind. And then if they kind of shut down and they're not into talking, respect that too. You can always ask again later. So that wraps up our episode for today. I hope that this episode has felt helpful and supportive. As always, if listening has sparked new questions, you can always reach out to me, Dr. Hillary at RaisedResilient.com. And if I can do an episode on your question, I will absolutely do that. Stay tuned for next week's episode where I'm answering a listener question about supporting bigger kids with aggressive behaviors. I know this can be such a struggle if you have a child who's seven, eight, nine, ten, and hitting or kicking. How do we handle that? Don't miss next week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, we've got this. 
I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.